We're back. It's the Something for Nothing podcast with Steve and Jerry. The second episode. The second episode. The first episode was so good, there was a clamoring for us to come back. It was a cliffhanger. There was no clamoring. But we're back anyway. It was a cliffhanger, though. We didn't finish. We did not finish finish Power Windows. So uh, we were discussing Rush's Power Windows. So if you haven't listened to our first episode, listen to that first, then come back, listen to episode two. Second. Listen to episode two second. Listen to episode one first. Did I not say that? I'm saying it. I don't know what you said. I'm saying it. (laughs) Okay. Listen to episode one first, episode two second. Right. And then you'll have it in the correct order. Right. And I'm assuming we'll do an episode three. You should probably listen to that one third. Yes. And on down the line. Correct. So what we didn't talk about last time, uh, Power Windows was not only a different sound for Rush, it, it was also a different look for Rush. It was. Am I wrong? No. Getty. I mean, there have been there have been <laughs> naked people on Rush albums before, but definitely not uh, a shirtless, scrawny young man with binoculars looking, looking at us with binoculars. Yeah. In a fisheye, what looks like a fisheye lens. Yeah, this uh, the front of Power Windows looks like an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> it does. That I didn't see yet. How many how many TVs can they have hanging out there? Is, is three? The three? Yeah. And you know, it's a, obviously a, a little joke, right? What's he's, the joke? He's using the remote to open the window. It's a power window. Oh, I, you know, you never noticed that? I have no idea why I never even thought to thought about that. And he's look, look at- and the kid is looking at us like, what? I'm opening the window with a with a remote control for one of these antique televisions. I never thought that much about it. Look at that. Yeah. He's I'm, using it. It's a that's a power window. It's a power window. Now it's sort of like well, we'll talk about that. On, on, no, no, mo- go ahead. Well, moving pictures. Okay. We can dis- we can discuss part of moving pictures now. It's allowed. The cover of moving pictures. They're oh, right. literally they're, they're moving literally pictures. moving pictures. And this guy is literally Opening a window with a remote control. Right. It's a power window. Right. But none of the songs are about windows. Actual windows. No. No. Or and remotes. The, I don't think anyone mentions a remote control. Now, I have the, I have the vinyl edition of uh, Power Windows here. You cannot see it on your radios or your podcast devices. No radios. No one's listening to this on the radio. Um, never know. You never know. You never know. Maybe one day. <laughs> So we've got pictures of, I mean, look how young Alex looks. Alex looks, you can tell he looks young because he's because he Because he's young. He's young and he's, he's thin. So how, what year, what year was, uh, were these boys born? I know Neil's a little bit older. Well, I don't know. They're in there. They're almost 70 now, right? No. 60, 65. Really? Right? Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, you I, figure there were 20, there were about 20 in 1974. So that would make them. Um, 30 in 1984. So they were 32 years old. Yeah. They were, they were in their early one years old. They were in their early thirties here. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you think about it, Rush put out how many albums and I mean, before they were 30, I mean, think about that. I I mean, they were 30 years old when moving pictures came out. They were kids. Right. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Right. Well, younger. What did you accomplish at 30, Jer? I don't. I know I, I didn't know. accomplish anything. I think I bought our, uh, the house I live in. I didn't really buy it. I mean, 
the bank bought it, but I'm paying the bank back. Still. Still. Yeah. I think, uh, see, I, I bought my first new car when I was 30. And you think about... That's sort of like writing Red Barchetta. And Getty, Alex, and Neil wrote moving pictures. It's brilliant. It's well, they amazing. were younger than 30. Probably. If, if they were 31 or yeah. two when this album came out, then that means that they were... T- one they were 26 in 1980 i would say that getty has better hair now than he does yes then yes it getty's yeah i think i remember getty referring to the look during this part of their career as uh, like a raccoon skin hat just like puffy oh he referred to it he referred to it wow i think it might have been really the 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 images from the next album um that really like in the videos where it's kind of like your fire pull, yeah it's kind of pulled into a ponytail oh, but right, still right, on top right right like a daniel yeah i think you know what i think he looked worse then than he a couple years later than right. than here but this wasn't a great look for him either yeah i mean band photos yeah you know but neil neil looks pretty good yeah neil looks uh dashing right and alex alex alex, alex has that uh, it looks like a linen blazer on uh, with shoulder pads. He's got the whole flock of seagulls look He going. does have a flock of seagulls haircut. That's exactly what he's got. That's what he's got. Yeah. But, you know, he looks young because he was. Because he is young, yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. So anyway, um, is there anything else we want to discuss before we get into the last four songs of Power Windows? We discussed four songs last time. We're going to talk about the next four or the remaining four, I should say. We did a motion detector first for some reason. Yeah, I and then, don't know. And then we started from the beginning. Right. Um, I do. I have a correction. Okay. So I said last time that the pilot of the Enola Gay had said something after he dropped the bomb, like, I am the destroyer of worlds or something This is like in that. reference to Manhattan, Manhattan Project. Manhattan Project. Not the Manhattan Project, as we Correct. Heard. It's Manhattan Project. So the pilot of the Enola Gay... Evidently, his name is Paul Tibbetts. Paul Tibbetts. Paul Tibbetts. Anyway, he was the pilot of the Enola Gay. Dropped the bomb on Hiroshima, and he wrote in his flight log, my God, what have we done? Just like the lyrics of the song, right? Wow. That would be the Talking Heads song. Oh, okay. Right? My God, what have we done? As the days go by. No, but isn't that in the rush in the rush song too? Is it? Yeah, I'm almost sure of it. Yeah, and in, in, <laughs> in um, hang on. I could have sworn. No, maybe it's a different song. Boy, boy, thinking, it's a different song. It's the Talking Heads. Is it not the Talking Heads? No, it's a rush song, and now I, I it's I oh, can't. Oh boy. We're going to get lots of emails if anyone. We're going to get lots of emails. How you guys Just call be, yourselves Rush fans and you can't think of. We're the worst. My God. Oh, maybe it's a different. Oh. It's on Presto. Yeah. It's. um. Oh, my God. It's, it's probably so, not in reference to the Manhattan Project. No, though. it's that song about suicide. Oh, right. The Pass. The Pass. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's but pass. it's almost the same line. Yeah, almost the same line. At least we thought of it eventually, right? Right. We're not so, terrible. So yeah. Fans. So uh, take your fingers off your keyboards. <laughs> so the, the I was I had kind of the quote correct, at least I'm calling it correct, because Robert Oppenheimer, 
Okay. He was, he's considered the father of the nuclear program. Mm -hmm. He would think he was the head of the Manhattan Project. He said that now, after he watched the first bomb go off, right? So they make this bomb in the Mm -hmm. desert somewhere and they watch it explode, right? Okay. Which must have been, because they had no idea what this thing was going to do. Right. No idea. I'm sure the pilot of that plane had no clue what was going to happen. Right. And even the guys who made the bomb, Oppenheimer, they're they're watching it go off for the first time in whatever desert they were living in. And they didn't even know what it was going to do. Right. So after they, they saw the gigantic mushroom cloud and like all those buildings falling apart, you've ever seen those the test videos, he said, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Wow. Which evidently is something from um, some Hindu text. Like Vishnu, destroyer of worlds. You I know- am become death. You know, we ended, we ended the first podcast because it was getting such to be such a downer and we began the second one the same way. How did we do that? I don't know. All right. Well, let's get back into the remaining four songs on Power Windows. Yeah. And uh, start with Marathon. Love marathon. Everything more than territories. Song. I love. I like marathon more than territories. You do. Why? I just do. I know, but I'm asking for I, any I, particular I, I'm reasons. Not a, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge territories fan. Maybe uh. it's. You know, I love the baseline and territories too. Most of the Rush songs I love the most center around the baseline. The baseline's great. Marathon territories too. Yeah. But I just, I just like, I just love marathon. I used to be able to play it. Maybe that's why. Really? Yeah. I, pr- I probably couldn't now. I don't think I have ever been able to play one Rush song. Well, I couldn't play the whole thing, but that, you know, the one the one part I could I could play. Mm. I could play a note. A note, sure. So, um I guess generally Marathon is a, is about just that, but but more more than that. Well, yeah, I think metaphorically it's not it's not just about running a marathon. It's a metaphor for life for life in general, just keeping at something, which I'm, I'm assuming Neil is into. Right. Right. He used to bike all right. these crazy distances or whatever. And it's, I think it's also about, you know, it says you reach your peak and the moment's gone. Mm-hmm. Like you can't live for that one moment. You have to see further on into the future, even beyond right. whatever you're trying to achieve. You have to realize that after you achieve it, you still have to go for something past that achievement. Right, or else then what? Yeah, because then you're just going to stop. Right. And those are the people who make it all the way. Mm-hmm. Right. You can do a lot in a lifetime, Jer, if you don't burn out too fast. Right, right. That's, yeah. Brilliant. That's beautiful. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. The whole wide world, an endless universe, yet we keep looking Territories we we have discovered is your one of my, my one favorite, of your favorite Rush songs. Definitely my favorite song on the album. Okay, everything about this song I would say is Manhattan the best. Project is my favorite song on the album. 
Okay. The Manhattan. No. No, just no, Manhattan. Just Project. Manhattan Project. Yes. The big money. Yes. Manhattan Project. Everything about territories to me is the best thing that's ever been. Wow. It's that's hyperbole. But you know <laughs> what I mean. I love the way it starts. Okay. I don't know if that's a hi hat he's playing. Yeah. Whatever that thing he's he's doing is amazing. Um the lyrics are great. The song, obviously. I'm I'm assuming I, I think it's about colonialism. Right. And that's just me. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. But it's it's anti colonial it's not it's not pro colonialism, I guess. It's, right. It's anti colonialism. Right, exactly. I mean it, it may may have to do with, you know, the plight of the American Indian in some way, right? Right. Because for some reason I was thinking more of like the English in India. Okay. For some reason. Well, I mean it happens it's happened throughout history right. in many different places. So I yeah. mean, it doesn't get specific in the song. It doesn't. So. Um, I, I like, so if we're just going through the lyrics, you know, the whole wide world, an endless universe, we keep looking through the eyeglass in reverse. Mm-hmm. So that's an eyeglass. I'm assuming is like a telescope. Right. What I guess, what do you call the one telescope? Is that still a telescope? It's like the collapsing thing you see like... Uh, sea captains use in right. movies. But when you look through it in reverse, you see everything tiny. Everything's tiny. Right. And that's the that's the, the tunnel vision that everybody has. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to nationalism, which is also what this song is about. Right. We just look at the big picture through a tiny hole. Mm-hmm. And we only see the things that are important to us. Right. We're only concerned with ourselves. Only and, concerned with and ourselves. who cares about I mean, that... Yeah, that concern that that us can be a, a much larger thing. It can be a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, yeah, we keep looking through the eyeglass in reverse. And I love this this part. The bosses get talking so tough, and if that wasn't evil enough, we get the drunken and passionate pride of citizens along for the ride. Yeah. Yep. Man, if I could only write lyrics like Neil, right? I'd be much better off. I mean, we could just, we might as well just read. I could we read, could just, we could just read Neil's read lyrics. The lyrics. That could be, song. that could be the podcast. Just us reading Neil's lyrics. Because the, the next verse, we see so many tribes overrun and undermined while their invaders dream of lands they've left behind. Better people, better food, and better beer. Why move around the world when Eden was so near? Which, and let me just, let me just veer off for a second sure. here. This is this is getting back to the the guy with the cutoff and the and the patches. Yeah, he's the guy who goes yeah when Getty says beer. Right, it does. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But he doesn't. He he's not he's not listening to the lyrics, Jared. No, he's just waiting for Getty to say beer so he's he just, could. Yep. So he can say I like beer. Right. That's one of my favorite cold <laughs> beverages too, Getty. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were saying, Jerry, just, I wanted to mention that. No, no. Uh, it's, it's perfect because it encapsulates everything about an invading population. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to a, you know, you take over another country and like, this place stinks. You know what I mean? Like, why are these people dressed like this? Like, why do they do the things they do? This is ridiculous. Like, I'm just thinking like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the first settlers in America, in the Americas, right? The natives were, you know, wearing next to nothing. Loincloths. Heathens, yeah. Why are they dressed like that? We have to make them. Make them be like us. Make them be like us. It's or like, kill well, them. Or kill them. But it's like, yeah, if things were so good where you were, 
Why didn't you stay there? Why didn't you stay there? Why do you go someplace else and then try to make things like they were where you, where you left? Well, clearly they weren't happy where they were either. Yeah, I guess so. But still, then to complain about it, though, I guess mm-hmm. is really the problem. Why move around the world if Eden was so near? Right? You don't like the beer. You don't like the food. You don't like the people. You don't like this place. Right. So go home. I love if it. Things were so great. Just go home. I feel like we're, I feel like we're, really dissecting this. I like this, Jar. No, Very good. Great. Very yeah. good. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. So the last verse. I'm assuming. Okay. They shoot without and and Getty. You know the music kind of. Yeah. It's just subdued. Right. And Getty's just that, like, see now that they're see the bass line there. It's the same bass lines, but it's, you know, a little funkier. Yeah. And Getty's he's talking to us. Now. Right. Getty's talking to us. And just the just the fact that he can sing this and play that bass line is is amazing to me. Well, I mean, that's every song. Right? right. They shoot without shame in the name of a piece of dirt for a change of accent or the color of your shirt. Better the pride that resides in a citizen of the world than the pride that divides when a colorful rag is unfurled. Is he calling a flag a rag, Jar? Is he doing that? Yes, he is. Uh, that is always, and it is just a rag, let's be honest. It is. It's just a piece of cloth. It symbolizes something, right. but symbols are not the thing they symbolize. Mm-hmm. They're just a representation of it. And if you lose the representation, the thing is still there. Mm-hmm. Whatever the thing is, it doesn't have to be a flag. And there are a anything. lot of flags that represent terrible things. Yeah. But to me, that's like, it. again, I love this song, Top 20, whatever. Okay. That particular set of lyrics is one of my favorites. It is brilliant. Yeah. It is brilliant. And the, the, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're converting me, Jared. I mean, I love, ter- really? I love territories as it was. I don't know if it's going to make my top 20 though. Mm. We'll have to, that'll be a different podcast. Better the pride that resides in a citizen of the world than the pride that divides when a colorful rag is unfurled. <laughs> that is hard. That's see, my, hard. See, my favorite Rush songs generally revolve around the music more than the lyrics. And you may be the opposite where the lyrics the lyrics, you know, are important, but to me, it's the music more than the lyrics. Right. You know, as as it relates to my favorites, so. Right. And again, on a personal level, this isn't really a, a very personal song, like a motion detector is, it, but it's definitely an opinion. Okay. We definitely are getting Neil's opinion of things. Oh, sure, which we get a lot throughout Rush history. We do, but you know, like- Except in Bytor and the Snow Dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a lot of Rush songs though, I think, especially in the early days, that maybe aren't, they're just songs about, like 2112 is a song about a specific thing, but I'm not so sure it's, we're getting Neil's Deep, op, op-ed. Right, like this I think I'm going bald is not really an op-ed. No. <laughs> I don't think that's it. But it might, actually, that might be. Maybe. Maybe it is. It's more of an, I guess it's an opinion piece. Is that an op-ed? I don't know. <laughs> but definitely this song is, this is where he stands. On, oh, for sure. On nationalism. For sure. I mean, this is in the 80s too. Right. People thought it was bad then. <laughs> right. But that's why I love this song. It's just, it's really that last line that, that converted me like the first time I actually listened to it. And a colorful rag is unfurled. I love that. It's brilliant. It is. Um, so Middletown Dreams. Dreams flow across the heart 
this is a little interesting because, I mean, technically, I'm from Middletown, New Jersey. I was thinking the same thing. So this song, I guess, is about a dream of getting out of that small town and accomplishing something great somewhere else. Right. Am, am I wrong? No, you're, you're correct. But the question is whether or not the people in the song ever get out. I never did. <laughs> you're sitting right here. We're not in Middletown. Yeah, but, yeah, but this might as well be Middletown, right? I mean, I got out, but I didn't go anywhere necessarily better. Right. You know, I, I mean. Yes. I, I wouldn't tell your wife that. <laughs> Or the kids. Shh. Uh, but, I mean, you know, it's about uh, dreams transport the ones who need to get out of town. Right. The dreams do, though. This is, this is the interesting thing about the song. The interesting thing about the song. It's, it's about the dreams. It's not about actually doing anything. So you don't think it's, it's about eventually accomplishing those dreams? It's just about the dream itself? Yeah. So the last few lines of the song are, it's understood by every single person who'd be elsewhere if they could. So far, so good. And life's not unpleasant in their little neighborhood. So it's nice here. I shouldn't want to leave. Right. But it's or nice, to, it's to, nice to dream about it. They dream. And the, last, and the last line is, they dream in Middletown. They're just dreaming about places to go. I, I just always liked the fact that I lived in Middletown. And... So you're just I could sing this song. very surface interpretation. Yes, of the song. exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is about me, man. Beer, beer. <laughs> I like beer. What Getty said, Middletown. I said, yeah, <laughs> Middletown. <laughs> I have dreams. <laughs> they played this song quite a bit on tour. That you know, I checked uh, again. I checked the uh, the set list website, and um, they played this song quite a bit. Really, on uh, subsequent tours? I believe so. Um, I don't remember that. Uh, I'm pretty sure. You you keep discussing it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look here. Hang on a second. Okay. Um. So I mean that is a good question. We go. We have a couple of characters in the song, right? Mm-hmm. We got a, a a man who works in an office who closes the office door early so he can drink. Right. Basically, we have a boy who walks with his best friend through the fields of early May, which for some reason I just love. Yeah. It's just an interesting little yeah. uh, description. Is it the analog kit? It might be the analog kit. Could kid. it be the analog kit? See, that's that's the connection I made. But maybe, Really? I don't know. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Could be the analog kit. He, analog was, kid. he was lying in the grass with one blade stuck between his teeth, that's right? That's true. <laughs> and he has, if I'm not mistaken, he has a guitar, right? Mm-hmm. And he dreams of... Uh, blazing across the heavens like a brilliant shooting star. And then we have the middle-aged Madonna. This is before Madonna was Madonna. middle-aged, though. I don't think, it, I don't think that's it's who not, we was talking about. No, no, no not that I don't yeah, think it's not so. A it's not the material girl. No. Um, she calls her neighbor on the phone, day by day, the seasons pass, and leave her life alone. But she'll go walking out that door on some bright afternoon to go and paint big cities from a lonely attic room. So it sounds like, on the face of it, that she's getting out. She's going to paint Right, bread, but she's not. She's doing it from her attic, right? In her so dreams. she's so she's she's painting this picture in her attic, but she that's that's where it ends in the attic. That and Rush true. played Middletown Dreams ninety according to this website ninety nine times in their history. Wow, pretty good, huh? They, uh, which which tells me that they really like that song. Yeah, you know, because they wouldn't have brought it back 
if they um, if they didn't like it. That's true. And there's some songs we can get to this in later podcasts, but there's a lot of songs that Rush never played on tour that I would have loved to see them play. But right. that's for another time. I think I'm going bald being one of them. No, they played. They played that. I don't think I ever. I, no, we didn't see them play it because oh, we're maybe in the, yeah in the early days. In the early might. days, they had to. Yeah, they they played that twice. <laughs> I would have loved to have been at that show. What shows? Does it tell you when they uh, played it? I don't know. I I can look. Um, Mystic Rhythms, Jerry. Mystic Rhythms is a great way to close the album, I think. Mm-hmm. Kind of has, obviously, the tribal beat element to it. And it's another song that I I'm, I'm, don't know how it actually relates to the theme of the album. You don't think so? Well, I, I just don't know exactly how it relates. Just that the power of, of music, the kind of music of the spheres type of thing where... Everyone has this kind of rhythm inside them that's powerful. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, you know, crystal loving. It could be like just, uh, see, I, I almost feel like it's uh, nature and the heartbeat of the earth sort of, you know? Oh, interesting. That 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 sort of thing. The rhythm, uh, doesn't he talk about the northern lights somewhere in there? Yes. I mean, just the just the rhythm of of nature and yeah. and. And the the power of that is how I interpret it, uh, not not necessarily music. I mean, I I know he does talk about, and I guess primitive. I, I guess you can assume you know primitive things stir the hearts of everyone. Right. But but I don't think it's the music that people create. I think it's just the kind of the heartbeat of the earth, sort of. Interesting. That's my interpretation of it. And there there is a good uh, one good line again. How Neil he does this so often. Mystic rhythms under city lights or a canopy of stars is, you know, the you heartbeat can, of the city. The heartbeat of the city, but also, you know, like this, the idea of lights and lights. He does it a lot. You know what I mean? It's like there's the city lights, but then there's the stars, and you know they're not dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Something the cities all you can see are the city lights, and they are your stars. I guess is really what I'm saying. Right. Well, if you live in New York City, that's it, man. I mean, so bright you can't see the stars probably most nights. No. No, you can't. Which is sad. I guess so. Again, a downer this album is. Total <laughs> downer. A total downer. But it's great. It is a great album. And maybe because how old were we when we went to that first uh, Rush show? 17? 17. You know? What better time to be depressed than when you're 17? <laughs> yeah. I know. If I you know, correct me if I'm wrong about that concert, I think the only reason I was invited is because I had a car. Could could be. I think you had someone had an extra ticket. Well, we were friends too. We I were mean, friends, but I drove. You did drive. That could have been a, the deciding factor. Yeah. Uh, the other two people. I'm not going to name the people that were with us, but the other two people that went with us were huge Rush fans. Yes. And you were not. You had, a, you had a car. And aren't you lucky that you had a car that day? I am. Yeah. I have to think I might not have gotten into Rush had I not Gone to that show? Yeah. Well, oh, absolutely. I I wouldn't love Rush the way I do now if not if I'd never seen them in concert, ever. Right. I mean, no way. 
There's no chance. No chance. I mean, I, I, it would be a band that I kind of liked, but that changed. Going to that show changed everything. It did for, for me. It changed it for me too. I, it was one of those moments from this first note to the last note. I was like, "This is it." Mm-hmm. I cannot believe this band. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. And we were real close. I don't know if you remember. We, had, on the se- side, we yeah. had seats on the side of the stage. There were, but they were right there. Yeah. You know, it was great. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. it. It's rare that you go see a band that you're not really familiar with. And, you know, you're not just waiting for the hits or whatever. Right. I had, I had you know, knew a handful of songs. Right. Well, you couldn't wait for the hits because how many did you know? Two right, or three? Two or three. Right. They played them, of course. Right. But. Uh, yeah, every song was was great. It was just great. And as I mentioned before, they played they played seven songs from Power Windows on that tour, which is a lot. Do you have so you have the entire? I have the, I have the list right here. Do you want to hear yeah, it? Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, the Spirit of Radio is what they started with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Limelight, The Big Money, New World Man, Subdivisions, Manhattan Project, Middletown Dreams, Witch Hunt, which. Awesome. I remember them playing that yeah. and Red, being enthralled by that song. Yeah. Red Sector A, Closer to the Heart, Marathon, The Trees, Mystic Rhythms, Distant Early Warning, Territories, YYZ, Neil's Drum Solo, Red Lenses, and Tom Sawyer. Red Lenses. No encore? Or was that the yeah, encore? Yeah, yeah. They, they played a 2112 uh, Overture in Temples of Syrinx. And nice. Grand Designs. And in the mood, in the mood was the final song. Wow, yeah. Amazing, that's a great right? concert. Yeah, no wonder we no wonder we fell in love. <laughs> so we got to wrap this up. So I, I okay. think I think that was uh, it was enjoyable for me. Sure, I, I have no idea if it's enjoyable to listen to. We'll find out. You've Got to let us know. Again, our um, the name of the podcast is something for nothing. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Rush Fancast. Tweet us. Tell us what you think. Tell us we're morons. Tell us we love it and we want to hear more. Whatever you want to tell us, we're ready to hear it. Right. And remember, big money got no soul. That is true. Very true. All right. Till next time, I'm Steve and I'm Jerry. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.